You're listening to Built on Beavs, your weekly OSU Beavers podcast for fans and by fans. You can listen, subscribe, and share the show on your favorite podcast player and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Built on Beavs and like the show on Facebook. Just search Built on Beavs. You can contact the BOB crew by sending an email to builtonbees at gmail.com. Have a slice and home buying advice. Impact Real Estate will be putting together a class this Saturday, October 19th from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Keller Williams Mid-Willamette offices on 9th Street. This is a good time. They'll be telling you all you need to know about home buying, any questions you may have. There's going to be lenders here to help walk you through that process. Um, if you want to go to Facebook or Instagram at Impact Real Estate, they will have a link there for you to register. It is a free event. Your co-host, Nate, myself, I will be there. Um, so if you want to meet me or just get to hang out with me, that is the place to be. Again, have a slice in home buying advice this Saturday, 1130. Go to Instagram or Facebook to register for this event. See you there. Welcome to Built on Beeves. My name is Eric and I am joined by Nate. No Zeke on the show today. We are going retro Built on Beeves today in honor Scheduling of retro Benny. You know. yeah, yeah, we'll go We didn't kick him off the show. I think he was just sad about the last loss uh, in football. So he's just deciding not to do the show anymore. Speaking of that, yes, we are going to recap the, the Beavers football game against Utah this past Saturday. Because uh, that's what we do. So we ought to recap it. We are going to talk about it. But then we're also going to turn the page and look forward to this Saturday. Go behind the mask with the Cal Bears and preview that football matchup for the Beavs. And we're going to finish things up with the rundown. Nate, I don't know about you. Sometimes it's really fun to come on this show. And we're excited to recap a Beavers game. This one is a little harder to talk about, to be quite honest with you. Right. Yeah. You can't always have a win. Okay. So this is a rougher week. I don't think it's the outcome anyone expected. Not saying we expected Utah to lose or us to beat them, but I think we can agree. We expected it to be a closer game, more competitive coming off of that UCLA win on the road. No one saw this coming. It's kind of a surprise. To me, I was shocked. I mean, so obviously, me and Zeke both picked the Beavs in our prediction. I know you picked Utah, but there's no way. I know for, I already know this. I'll let you speak for yourself. Picking Utah, you weren't expecting this. No, not at all. Um, I thought they would win handily, maybe. Like when, maybe double that, digit. Double like, digit. 14, Maybe 21 points, something. three touchdowns max, but no, I was not prepared for that. So, I mean, I guess we dive in on what caused that. Where did that come from? What did you see speak to what happened? Well, I'd like to set the scene a little bit. So me and Nate actually got to watch this game together. We did. And we were watching it on a delay, right? A recording, recording. Is a better word but, for it. But yeah. the game was still going probably when we started. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, so we were watching on a, del- uh, on a delay, and um, Nate actually got a text from someone. It had, found out it was related to the Beavers, but didn't exactly know what. So our thought was, okay, if this person, we're not going to say who, is texting about the Beavers, it mu- it's probably something good because they it's never probably, text yeah, about the they Beavers. Yeah, don't, they don't do it. They don't. So, so there was all this hype. Like, so when we It's got to be good because why else would they text us? Yeah, exactly. You know, they're like, oh, they're playing the 15th ranked team in the country. There's got to be an upset brewing or something happening. So we start watching the game. And we, you know, we have our food, we have some drinks, you know, we're relaxing. It's we're, a good we're atmosphere. Good, great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. And, you know, we kind of had the room to ourselves too. So it was just, it was just me and you getting to watch together like old times, you know? Um, so anyways, you know, Utah comes out. All right. Seven, nothing, 14, nothing, 21, nothing. And I'm thinking, okay, there, there's, there's got to be a comeback because we got that text message. Like, yeah, we're, and then, and then, here's where it starts. And then once it got to twenty eight nothing, I start thinking, well, hmm, I don't know if this. No, is what happened happen. was I don't know if it's twenty one and nothing at this point or twenty eight. The Beavers started moving the ball. They had that drive where they started kind of clicking. They're getting some passes. So I okay, I could see maybe this is where the tide starts turning. They get on Utah's side of the field. That's where Jake Loon's first interception comes. Not only is it his first interception, but a pick six. And that's when I started to suspect. I don't think that was a good text message. Yeah, I was going to say, so that's actually one of the... I have three moments in this game where I think it really got away from the Beavers. Um, I'll try to go in order. Correct me when I'm wrong on them. But that 91-yard rushing TD by Moss from Utah deflating that i mean that's that's a big play that you want back okay number two i think it was a fourth and seven or fourth and eight for utah the beavers defense you think they stop them and then they score a touchdown a passing a passing touchdown off of that i think that made it 21 nothing was it i can't really say that but something like that i think i want to say it was 21 nothing then the beavers get the ball back and then it's that drive you're talking about. The Beavers are actually moving the ball. Um, yeah, you know, Ludens feels like he's locked in. Things are working. And then, yeah, deflected ball, picked up for interception, returned for a touchdown. And then 28 nothing, a 14-point swing where you're, me and you are thinking, we're thinking touchdown, I would say, on that drive. Yeah, and then it's 28 nothing, and then it's like, it kind of felt like the game's over. Yeah. I think the word that's being said by Jonathan Smith, as we saw his press conference, I think yesterday, as well as we'll, we will give Zeke some credit because we did talk to him before this show. So he's given some of his insight. Which is good. We need his insight. Right. And a big thing being said is the Beavs got exposed. Utah exposed their weaknesses. And that, I mean, we got shut down. I don't think you can say anything besides that. I think you said Pierce was 10 attempts for 20 yards, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 10 carries, 21 yards. Yeah, and the passing game, granted, every time that ball was snapped, the defensive line from Utah is basically in Luton's face right away. So is that an offensive line thing? Whatever it is, this Beaver team got exposed this game, and – 
obviously the Beavers are better than a 41 something point deficit from Utah. I don't think that's very accurate. 45. Yeah. But then you have the, another, we see the struggles continue for this field goal kicking unit. The Beavers have, which Jonathan Smith said, there's an open competition going now. So they are looking at fixing that, but this is a game that all sides of the ball just got completely handled by Utah and outmatched. There's there's nothing much you can really say besides that. Well, I, I'm so unprofessional. I should have I should have at least like announce the score in case those that don't watch the games and, well, and were their only were their their only news source for Beaver Athletics. Um, number 15 Utah um, came in this past Saturday, beating the Beavers 52 to seven. Okay, so just now, to make it clear, seven came the last. Literally under a minute, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, Nate, there's something to be said about that, right? Because the the story of this Beavers team all season is, you know, the offense shows up for a half, the defense shows up for a half. You know, waiting for that complete game. We saw that complete game last week against UCLA, or I should say, two weeks ago. This was one where you had neither. The whole yeah. game, and we can't. You know, there's. Still, you obviously try to find those bright spots, the highlights from such a devastating game. And there were signs, there was tackles for losses. There was that defensive line pressure. So that wasn't completely non-existent, but it just wasn't enough. And that Utah offense exposed us. Our secondary just... I don't know what happened. They weren't there. There's a lot of plays, wide open receivers, missed tackles. We started to see a little more of this game kind of reminding us a little bit of the past. Um, and so with this game, I it's, it was a weird one. Um, like I said, this is a – let's not forget this is a number 15. Is that what they're at, Utah? Yeah, number 15th ranked team. So it's not like – I don't know – another packed lower end pack 12 team came and did that to us. So it's not completely hopeless, but you would have liked to see a little bit more competition being at home on homecoming with retro Benny. It's, it's tough, tough one to swallow. Well, also coming off a win at UCLA, right? Right. So there, there's a lot more expectations coming into this game. And look, obviously I'm not an expert. I talk on this thing, like a fan, I don't know all analytics. I don't know. I don't know at all. I mean, people that listen to this know that because I can't even pronounce names sometimes, right? But the thing is, is when I was looking at what Utah was doing to other teams this season, I thought there was an opportunity here for the Beavers to take advantage because I didn't think they were that impressive. I think 52 is the most they've scored all season. Well, and I laugh, kind of picking on you and Zeke a little bit because I just—it's a fun. We we like having fun together, and oh yeah, we're joking we're about, about how yeah, we're, the last we're, we are hooting from last over here. episode. The quote that kind of came out of that was, "They don't Let's, scare me, or they don't scare us. I'm not scared." It kind of felt like that should, whole Utah that, that whole Utah team listened to our last week's podcast episode and wanted to rub it in our face a little bit more so your guys's, but. Yeah. I'm included well, in that. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm a little scared now. Okay, so they they scared me. How about that? Um, 
But yeah, so as far as uh, some of the stats from the game, Nate, uh, Luton, 17-34 to for 131, one interception. We talked about Pierce, 10 carries for 21 yards. Um, Hodgins, eight receptions for 77 yards. Something that we kind of talked about too, Nate, um, and I think when it comes to being exposed, what this showed this last game, I think is, which we already knew, Luton loves going to Hodgins. And we saw that that was difficult to do. I was actually really surprised to find that he had eight receptions because it didn't feel like it. Right. And going to show, I remember watching that game and the defensive back that was on him, he was a talented guy. He was making tackles. He was right there with Hodgins that kind of whole time. And I was saying, man, that that's a good athlete right there. But, yeah, I mean, we can't, we're going to have to be able to spread out that ball a little more. Hodgins is amazing. Obviously he's mm-hmm. having a statistically amazing year, but teams are going to start to pick up on that. And if you start throwing their lockdown defenders on him, wear him out a little bit, get him really tired. We got to see where we're going to go from there. What's who else are we going to give that ball to? And coach, Smith was kind of hitting on that of, well, it's kind of a committee of people they are going to have to rely on between Champ Fleming and um, Tyjon Lindsay, Noah Tongyai. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to kind of fill that role of that kind of second-tier group. And even getting Pierce, and you heard me say this when we were watching it, Pierce and the running backs out in some space, especially Pierce. He's a playmaker, getting some space, um, passing him the ball. Um, I would also say too, Nate, um, I, I, I like to encourage myself when I get a chance, but what was working when we were watching the game, what did I say they need to do? One, get Pierce in some space, right? Two, slant routes and stealing something from you, working under center. I felt like that was the stuff that, um, oh, I don't remember. Maybe you can call me out what, if they was working under center, but I know those slant, slant rounds, quick passes were working on Utah kind of felt like when they were building on that one drive that led to the pick six. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if the center under center worked as much because that was a tough line, and they're crashing through that. And so they were stopping. The, we could see now how they statistically held teams to what they have been this whole season because they were right there in Luton's face. They were shutting down that run. There's no, like, holes for Artavis to find. Um, and so those quick passes were the key to success with playing a defense like that. You have to get the ball out quick and find the guys on those short slant routes and let them make some plays, which leads me, where do you, the question is, where do you go from here? What, if you're players or this team, what do you take out of that? And how do you try to find anything out of that that you can use for good leading into this next game to the rest of the season? Yeah, I think that's why um, Jonathan Smith and his coaching staff gets paid good money to figure it out. Because as a fan, and emotionally, we were together during it, um, it was hard. It's still kind of hard. It makes me... You know, I'll be honest, not want to pick them the rest of the season. Nope. I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but for me, and it's, it's hard, an emotional like, response, though, right? It's hard to say this, and maybe it's just the sting of it and it being so fresh in my mind. But 
that might have been the hardest game to watch. And there's been some hard ones. Since I've been watching them consistently since 2015. And that seems really weird and extra even hard to say because, like I said, game. I'm just I'm focusing on this game. I think that was the worst game I've seen this Beaver team play my time watching them since 2015. And obviously that doesn't touch on this season and that doesn't even touch on this team. It was just a weird game seeing they just completely got dominated. I think some of that, why it feels even worse and it stings more is because, you know, in previous years you kind of knew the team was in a funk and really kind of like trying to, rebuild or establish itself and you just knew because they were getting dominated in every game right Mm -hmm. but the feel of this season has been totally different oh yeah and i think that's why when we see this happen it hurts more and i think it 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 does sting a little more but you know what i i think it's easy as fans right to just criticize our own team and and blast them right but, man, we have to give credit to Utah because for them, this is a statement win because this is a team that's obviously going to try to win the Pac-12, right? And maybe, who knows, you don't know what's going to happen, maybe sneak into a college playoff berth. I mean, stranger things have happened. It's going to be tough, but it's it's going It's going to be tough. But, hey, was this past weekend number three Georgia lost? Yeah. Okay, so I mean, there It's you college go. football, so. It's college football. Everything's for sure except Bama getting in. That's, I'll leave it at that. So my, my, I guess what I'm trying to say is for Utah, they, need, they needed a win like this because, like I've said, they haven't dominated any team like this all season long. And I know it's, it's hard to say, but it's true if, you, if you're just looking at the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we, we need to turn the page. Um, yeah, if, let's just <laughs> forget that happened. If Move on. Jonathan Smith and the rest of that team is moving on then us at built on beeves we're going to do the same thing so let's take a time out when we get back we are going to go behind the mask with the cal bears and preview that matchup you're listening to built on beeves michael nolan design the graphic designer the mastermind behind built on beeves logo he is a freelance graphic designer in the willamette valley area you can go on over to Instagram and follow him at Michael Nolan Design. See what he's up to. Send him a message if you'd like to work with him. He's very gifted, creative, and ready to help you in any way you may need. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. It is time to go behind the mask with the Cal Bears. And there's only one person we could ever ask to do this, and his name is Nate. And is he right. happens to be a part of the Built on Beeves crew. So we're very fortunate um, to take right, you away from your you're other hyping people. me too much. I, you know, I, you have a you have a busy schedule, so the I fact do, that you would you would take time to do this, do the research all week, really dive into it, um, analyze it, even dress up as the bear. I mean, I'm yeah, really I do not do you really go that. you really go above and beyond for this and. I think our listeners are very thankful for you. I wish we had the budget to get these mascot replicas, but we do not. We don't. That'd be Billy great. Corso here. I don't know if I'd wear Oski's though, because he is a little creepy. Yeah, this is one of your least favorite mascots, He's right? He's just that really weird, awkward, 
and maybe that's part of his persona. Maybe that's the likability of him. He's unique. If you you guys need to look up his name's Oski O S K I, Oski the Golden Bear. And it looks like he just hasn't been updated much over the years. I feel like he's something you'd find in like an antique shop, or you have like a great grand relative, right? You know, you can't that tell just if he's friendly or just really creepy. Yeah, that just hoard um, stuff, and they happen to have this mascot sitting in their room. You know what let, I'm saying? Let's touch on the the side of him being a little creepy. So, Oski's his name. He is in his 76th year of existence. Some some things about him, okay. Some of his signatures is his walk. I think he kind of walks in a really awkward with his hands behind his back. <laughs> kind of creepy way. Um, we also have him, one of the abilities maybe or distinct traits of him is that he drinks his water through a straw through his eye. I guess that's where where he gets hydration to each their own. Well, to, to be fair, as a former mascot myself, that is usually right, kind of the right spot. Which isn't necessarily a big deal, but to add to that whole persona he's got going on with him, it just kind of it, it adds to the level of um, yeah creepiness. creepiness now, I will say. say, Nate, I know this is your segment. I don't want to step on your toes, but I'm stepping. Um, I do say as a former mascot, you shouldn't be drinking on the job like that to be fair like honestly you shouldn't be drinking through your mask for people to see that's like something you do later you take the headgear off behind closed i mean they're doors. in california so, it's hot it gets hot over there yeah, sometimes well, you need some water well, but you, anyway if you got a, a uniform that wasn't 70 years old you can maybe update some of the ventilation let's move on okay we well, let's give them some facts about maybe the history of oski so a little bit of before his existence, kind of how he got brought about. And so the golden bear itself, the California golden bear, has actually been a symbol of the state of California for a while, since about 1846. And so because of that, early on in around 1895, the California track and field team, when they would go to their competitions, their meets on the East Coast, they would bring a blue banner with a large golden bear in the center. And then they believed the banner brought luck to the team. They ended up winning the meet, and they would stun kind of the elite teams of the East Coast. And so at that point, that's when the University of Cal's mascot became the Golden Bear. And so then they decided, you know, they needed a mascot being the Golden Bears. So they would bring live bear cubs on the sideline at Cal football games. And so I'm sure they were really cute. I'd give them that. But as you may imagine, they could probably bring danger if you bite some people or they grow, obviously. And yeah, they bigger. don't stay as cubs, right? Right. And so then they're like, oh, we need to move on and get maybe a masked mascot. And that's where Oski, your beloved mascot, births and comes into existence. So... He made his debut on September 27th, 1941 for Cal's season opener against the St. Mary's Gales. The Bears ended up beating them 31-0, to and Oski's just been a staple fixture of the university ever since. So 
they go on to say you can find him at a lot of their events. They even describe him being mischief, flirting, bringing smiles to people. So there you have it. I mean, what else yeah, do you really need to know about Oski? He, he's weird, for sure. Now, I'm actually looking at it right now. And in fact, when you search Oski on Google, you know how Google on the top has like suggestions of things to add to it? The second suggestion is creepy. So, so we're not um, alone. We're not no, alone in our thoughts. No. And you know what, though? I think he's leaning into it. Yeah. I, I, mean, like, he, I think there's an intention. I think there's some ownership of that, and they're, they're taking hold of it. Yeah. What is, is that a letter, Letterman jacket? Is that yeah, it's word? an old school Letterman jacket that he wears. Did you have a Letterman jacket? <laughs> I did, but we're not going to go into that. There's a whole long story behind that. Okay. I'll ask you again next week. Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I may, I may not. Long story. I actually short. didn't get one on swim team, so uh, we didn't get one. I got a letter, but not a jacket. Anyways, um, yeah. So, Oski. So w- the one thing I will say about him, Nate, tell that me. is actually. Oh, I'm gonna tell you. The one real. Where's Zeke? Gosh, I miss him. Um, <laughs> that was random. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I, I need him. You know. Because no, no offense, but he brings the intellect to the show. <laughs> Did you even say intellect? Intellect. The IQ. The IQ. The smarts. Yeah, I agree. But this is, I'm going to drop a, a dime on you here, okay. which you may know. The one thing about Oski that's true is that bears actually can walk on two legs. Now, did you know that? I did. I don't think they actively do that for a long distance, but I know they have the capability. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell our listeners, you know, because they definitely listen to us. Um, if you're going to search Oski, do yourself a favor and search Walking Bear on YouTube because it, it actually looks like a ma- It looks fake. It actually looks like a mascot. And they are walking. They're doing their thing. It's, it's great. So um, if you're really bored, I suggest doing that. So... Um, yeah, Nate's just shaking his head. He's he's all you need to He's know. either disappointed about the walking bear or just my comments in general. No, not sure. Let's let's predict as far this as, game. I'm not preview. ready to predict or yet. preview. Sorry, preview. preview. It's, we just mash it all up, don't we? Okay. Well, let me set the setting. Okay. So set the stage. Set the stage. Whatever you know, it all works. It's all it all works. Um, this. Saturday, October 19th, 11.30 a.m. kickoff. It's an early one. It is. I think it's our earliest game of the season, I would say. Yeah. And and it's in Cal, so it's still, a, like, even for a Pac-12 matchup, that's early, like, for here. So, um, so we are, again, I believe, oh, gosh, I'm going to look so unprofessionally. Oh, yeah, okay, Pac-12 network again. So, like Surprise. we said, Pac-12. Pac-12 Network loves the beeves, so uh, we are on the Pac-12 Network. We are two and four, and the Cal Bears four and two. Nate, give me some initial thoughts that you have on this Cal team. This is a good Cal team. Um, we actually saw them starting the season four and zero, oh, so they currently are on a two-game losing streak. But don't let that fool you. Um, they did hit the top 25 earlier on in the year. Um, we see 
early on when they played Washington, they won that game. It was a, it was a weird game. It was late. There was like weather delays and they it didn't end, even end up finishing till later than when we finished at Hawaii and we started that game at nine. Yeah, wasn't it didn't it end like three AM or something? I don't think it was that late, but it was it was pretty late. It was a weird game. But anyway, they went to Washington, beat them, um, beat an SEC school in Old Miss. Then they lost their second Pac twelve game, which was against Arizona State, who is a good team who's currently ranked, who's doing good things. They only lost that by a touchdown. And then two weeks ago, they lost at Oregon by 10. So not a blowout. And Oregon's a really good team as well. Now they're coming off a bye week. So currently they're sitting at 1-2 and two in the conference. But like I said, I don't think the record speaks for what this team actually is. Team also known for their defense. A really solid team. I think they're a little a little bit banged up on the offensive side of the ball. However, like I said, defense. If you have a good defense, sometimes they say the best offense is a is a really good defense. So that yeah. might be them. It's good. not gonna be an easy game, but we've already gone to Cal California and won a road game once this season, so why not make it another one? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's our state to get the victories, you know. Yeah. Um, now I I do find it interesting that Cal was actually ranked at one point this season at number twenty three, and I think you're right, Nate. Even their two losses, I think at the time, I don't think it's just me. I don't think a lot of people were taking Arizona State seriously. Now now people are starting to turn their heads at what Herm Edwards has going on over there um, with that program. Um, so they battled in that game. And then also, um, obviously with Oregon going on the road there in, in a, in a tight battle, you know, and from what you said, Nate, yeah, they're known for their defense. I mean, they, they do not give up a lot of points. Right. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this Oregon state team comes out and responds after a pretty rough week, not seeing much offensive production at all um are they going to come out firing guns a blazing and saying you know we can still expose really good defenses or is it just going to be a similar result i don't think we're gonna i mean not previewing too much but i don't think obviously we're going to see to the level we just saw this last week i don't think that's gonna happen again so but it's interesting who are we going to see come out well it seems like from what we're hearing uh, from Jonathan Smith is that the team is back to work. They're focused. Um, and even how he mentioned coming off that UCLA win, he didn't think there was this overconfidence either. So, um, yeah, I mean, r right now, um, let me get into the spread. So right now that it, it's at 10 and a half. So we're, we're underdogs right now at 10 and a half. So, um, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm good with just getting into predictions here, so I'll go, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, I do think obviously, you know, I, I've ate my words a couple times this season with bold predictions. One was the bees losing to Cal Poly wrong. That was a bold prediction. I, I would say them beating Utah was another bold prediction, right? So if I'm looking at it analytically, 
I think our offense was a bit exposed against a really good defense last week against Utah. Um, I don't think Cal is at that level um, defensively, but they've had a really good season on that side of the ball. Um, and I do think we'll be able to move the ball a little more on them, uh, be more productive, productive than we were against Utah. But what I saw this past Saturday was alarming. Um, and I think now we're getting in the thick, the thick of the Pac-12 schedule with some better Pac-12 teams. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Cal winning this game. Um, I no matter what, the bees are gonna be more competitive than they were against Utah. Um, but I am gonna go with Cal. Yeah, um, let's give a current update on our standings for picks because you know I like to do that. We got me sitting at six and zero. Oh. I mean, six, that's that means I've picked wrong zero times this year. Yep, thank you. We we know. Where that. do you at, Eric? Like two and four or something? Um, or, or I gotta be honest. Three I, three. Don't, I don't know. I think three and three. Yeah. So you know my rule: don't do math on the air. Here, how so about we first preview what Zeke Zeke told us what to pick? I don't know if he gave us much preview into why, but. As you may have well guessed, Zeke is going to pick the Beavers. I really thought he was finally jumping off that. I mean, yeah. you got to support his fandom, you know. He's staying true to him, so props to him. This isn't – I always say this, I think, to preview every segment. It's an interesting game, and it's going to be an interesting to see how this Beaver team comes out. Like I said, we've – Seen them with success, traveled to California once this year. Oddly enough, this Beaver team actually seems to be a better road team. I mean, not there's not much validity or weight behind that because we've seen them win two road games in the last, I don't know how many years. But at the same time, we haven't really seen them win any Pac-12 games at home either. So if you just look at that, we're kind of a better road team when we play Pac-12 teams. So maybe this is going to be in our favor. Yeah, I I think this Beaver team is going to respond and come out with a strong game. Of the remaining games on our schedule, I think this is one of the only ones that I think we may reasonably have a shot. A 10-point spread, that's not huge. Um, ten and a half. Ten and a half. Oh, well, oh game changer. <laughs> game changer. Forget not, everything Nate just said. Not huge. Um, I think me picking UCLA or me picking the Beavers to win UCLA was bold, but not really. So it's about time I make a pretty bold pick and risk my six and O record. I'm feeling good about this Beavs team, which you know, coming off that that last week, it's hard to feel that and have confidence with it. But I've been kind of going on my gut this whole season and it's proved faithful mixed with actually some intellect behind it. I'm kind of stalling because I'm trying to reel myself back into reality, maybe a little bit and pick Cal because I think like I, like I always touch upon, I think you have to go behind tradition and a little more of what the teams have done throughout the season. And this Cal team, like we've said, is lost twice, but they were 
tough games and they're against really tough teams coming off of bye. And I think for this team in Cal, it might actually hurt them more than help them. And because they're kind of even still on momentum in ways of being close in those games, I think the Beavers going to sneak one away here in Berkeley and come away with a win at Cal. And this is not just because you hate Oski. No, that's about a 5% factor into it. It's a part of your analytical (laughs) gut feel there. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Honestly, if you you said it to me on Saturday, I would have called you out. Um, But now the Pac-12 is wacky. We know it's wacky. We've seen this Beavers potential this season. I mean, it can happen. For sure. I'm not, I'm not going to push back. It can definitely happen. But um, I'm going to go with Cal because I've been – I was burned last week. So I'm um, not going to do it. So so Nate is going to pick the Beavers. Nate, uh, Zeke going with the Beavers, and I am going with Cal. So those of you that are Beaver fans, you might be pretty happy about that because I, I, uh, I'm, I think I'm on a – is it a two-game losing streak? Probably. There you go. So you're you're in good hands. So um, all right, let's take another time out. When we get back, we are going to do the rundown. This is Built on Bees. Looking to buy a coffee table? Or maybe an office desk. Or maybe you're getting married soon and you want a wedding guest book done. Well, I'll tell you where to go. Head on over to aretewoodworking.com. Check out his products. Follow him on Instagram at Arete Woodworking. You will not be disappointed. I am a customer myself. Great quality products with excellence in mind. Arete Woodworking. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. It is time to do the rundown. The rundown, the rundown. I had to do it twice because Zeke is not here. Way to step up. We need that. Zeke. Let's get, yeah, we got you, Zeke. Let's get started with women's soccer. Um, big game this past week. Um, they hosted the Stanford Cardinal, um, second-rate team in the country, coming here to Corvallis, and uh, the soccer team battled. They did lose zero to two, but a, a good battle. And then they also welcomed Cal this past Sunday and drew them. So. Right now, this women's soccer team started off hot, but still really competing, still doing well. They're sitting at 9-2-2 two, and two overall. Uh, they do have matches coming up as well. Um, another home matchup this Friday um, against Washington. And then there will be, they will be traveling to Arizona State um, next Thursday. So that's what's on tap. That's what's going on with the women's soccer team right now. Yeah, the the men's side of the ball is similar. They come off of a loss at Washington this past Sunday. Washington is the number two team in the nation, and they only lost that game two to one. So again, they they battled and competed. And the game before that on October 6th, they played at Stanford and tied that one to one. And Stanford's sitting at number five. So the Pac-12 schedule is pretty tough. And they're on a long road trip. We have them at San Diego State on October 24th. 
Then on October 27th, they're at UCLA, and they don't come back home to Paul Lorenz Field until November 7th, where they will host Stanford. Currently, they are sitting at 5-5-1 overall with a conference record of 2-2-1. So again, I they are competing, and they're doing well. They're playing some tough competition on the road, so kind of in the midst of a tough schedule currently. A sport we don't cover regularly here on Built on Beeves, but we're going to talk about right now, is the women's cross-country team. Nate, ranked 25th in the country. Okay. There we go. And they are heading to the Nutty Comb Invite in Wisconsin. Do you need help pronouncing anything? You think that's right? I actually really feel like I got this one right. And I'm really proud of myself. And I'd rather not even show it to you because I just want to say that I'm right. Hey, I trust you. Um, Nutty Comb Invite. I believe it's in Madison, Wisconsin, because the logo for it is the Badgers logo. So, um, so yeah, those those that are going to be traveling, there you go. Um, but you can look it up, Nutty Comb Invitational. Um, this is going to end their regular season slate. Um, so it will be October 18th, which, you know, is Friday. I have to look at my calendar. Good thing we have smartphones. So um, really cool, exciting for that women's cross-country team. Um, I believe the 25th ranking as well as the highest in program history. There we go. Let's wrap it up with some other good news we had the oregon state men's golf team hosting a tournament these past two days at trysting tree and they won that and not only did they win it they dominated it we had them shooting a 18 under in the tournament and that was 19 strokes over the second place san francisco team and so they not only won but they won in dominating fashion And this marks a back-to-back tournament win for Oregon State after claiming the title last week at the Hamptons Intercollegiate in New York. And so this is the program's seventh tournament title. Um, Carson Berry, a sophomore, won the individual title with an 11-under, and he also had a hole-in-one on a par-3, 224. That's not easy, boys and girls. Um and so a great week for the team. Spencer Tibbetts was third in the tournament. And Sean Liu, or sorry, that is not right. Yes, that is right. He tied for third place with a four under. Um, and so this is the third time in three tournaments this fall that an Oregon State golfer has won an individual title. Spencer Tibbetts was a co-champion at the Husky Invitational. And Sean Liu was the medalist at the Hamptons Intercollegiate. And then Barry took the trophy here at this tournament. So great stuff happening with this men's golf team. And we're going to see them continue to roll on through the next tournaments they have. We have them at the St. Mary's Intercollegiate on November 4th, 5th, and 6th. So that will be coming up. That's in Monterey, California. So we're going to continue to follow these guys. Yeah, they're doing well. I actually almost went to go watch them yesterday. I was actually planning on it, but I didn't plan my day well. And as it was going, I was checking. Um, I checked when the where they were at, the live scoring. And by the time I was ready to go, there was only one team left playing, and they're on the 17th and 18th hole. So it didn't happen. But I do want to go at some point to see some live golf. So, yeah. um, Well, Nate... 
um, I think it's time to wrap this up, you know? And I would say for Zeke, but I'm looking across and the chair is empty. And all I have is memories of him right now. Imagining him sitting there. So, but that's okay. Zeke will be back next week. So, no, he won't. He's out of town next week. Okay. No, he won't. Don't it, worry, I guys. thought he's back next week, but then gone. No, he's gone the next couple weeks. So, oh, you're going to be missing out on Zeke for the next few weeks, but don't worry. He's with us. He's just a busy man. Got things on the schedule. He'll be vacationing. He'll be enjoying life. And you know what? We won't get hurt if we dip in listenership because Zeke's absence, but we'll make sure to let you know when he's back. You bet. Yeah, you bet. All right. Make it official. We're ending the show. Remember to listen, subscribe, and share the show, and follow us on our social media outlets. You can also contact us by emailing builtonbeeves at gmail.com. For Nate, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. We are Built on Beeves.